Hey, Sean. Yes, Ray. How many hours of watching a television show until you feel like a complete loser? (laughs) You know what I mean? How many straight hours of binge watching until you're like, I'm gross and I need to do something with my life? I think the go-to answer would probably be when Netflix itself asks you, are you still watching? Uh, but I don't know if that's, because that's not that long. It's only a few episodes in a row. So I think it's like two and a half episodes. I think when you go from daylight into nighttime and you haven't done anything for the day, like that, that, that could constitute you feel like a loser. Uh, for, for me, it depends on... Does it depend on the show? It, it depends on the context with which I'm watching it. Like if I'm hungover laying in bed all day, all bets are off. I already know that I would be laying here like a scumbag and a loser. Also, if I have something on while I'm working, I'm like, hey, I'm working, though. I watch. Well, that, I don't think that goes in the same category. I think it has to be like all you've done is watch uh, 14 hours of 90 Day Fiance. Like that. Con- okay. like that like, but I do think there is a it'll sound snobby, but I do think there is a quality level uh, disclaimer or, or, or get out of jail free card that happens with this where for instance last night and granted I got home I, was, I, I had a long weekend with my lovely girlfriend Megan and her son and we'll get to that later and um, anyway I come back and I'm like I've been dying to watch Stranger Things for weeks because it came out a couple of weeks ago my breath stink? no oh you, you pulled back like you were going towards the sun my back's sore is it my breath? no it's my back oh okay Anyway, I think the world revolves around him. <laughs> Crazy. So I watched not more than four hours because it was four episodes of Stranger Things in a row. And it was at 2.30 in the morning and I was like, okay, now I feel like a bit of a loser because I, I, I was tired and I'm like, oh, now I might be overtired. You ever have that where you stay up so late that you can't go to bed? Yeah. Right. I well, thought I was going to have that last night. and I, I think I know what the time is. I think it's if you watch... More than a long movie, it's too long in one sitting. Like if I if I watch more than three hours of a show, I think that's too long. I do it, and I've done it a lot, but I think that's too long. That's the warm up for me. I'll tell you right now, three yeah. hours of TV is like that's just that's stretching the arms, kid. That's yeah. That's pulling the uh, pulling the leg back to the back of your. Uh... You're blue collar. You put in a full eight hours at least every I, time. That's that's me punching in three hours. That's the... well, well, when I'm really doing it with a show, um, it's it's when I will get to that real late point where it's like two in the morning. It's like I got stuff to do tomorrow, but it's only two episodes left. I might as well just finish it. So I don't watch, I don't go through this tomorrow, or I don't want to watch it tomorrow, and it's over with. It's like if I have, if it's like if I have qualified to yourself. It's like if I have cookies in the house. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna eat the whole fucking bag of cookies, and then we'll start a diet tomorrow. Yeah, it goes from I'm a piece of shit. I shouldn't be doing this. To no, I'm actually doing myself a favor. (laughs) I'm just. I'm being responsible tonight. I'm just gonna be full piece of shit, and tomorrow I I I turn over a new leaf where I'll read instead. (laughs) And. It never happens. No, but the but I was gonna say also about the quality factor. It's like if it is reality TV, yeah, I think you feel a little bit trashier. That like, cause you know, it's like man, those shows, at least with scripted TV, quality TV, 
there's a lot of effort that went into that. Like there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of writing and a lot of time and a lot of people's creative juices and forces and everything. And a lot of directing, a lot of jobs were created because of it. And yeah, there's jobs with reality TV, but at the end of it, you're like, man, I've seen this before. This is just the same. This is just a guy editing it in the same beats as the same ways before. Yeah. Like, like playing with your sensibility of like, of, of, of tantalizing you and bringing you in for every episode, knowing that if he puts this at the end of this, he gets you for the next one and the next one. So it's almost like a game from the creators of those, those shows, like how long can we keep this audience with this crap, with this absolute crap? I strictly only binge watch something like reality TV if I'm really hungover, like I said, which yeah. goes across the board, or if I'm watching with, with like a lady. Um, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. I that's ninety day fiance was my example, and and that's the type of show where I haven't. That's when I watch it. I watch it with a lady, or I watch it when I'm in, in a seriously like junk food type of movie. Yeah, but I will say this: like, man, I don't know if this is better or worse. Like, ninety day fiance is actually pretty fascinating, right? And we've talked about it before, I think. Yeah, I never watch. I don't watch. It's it. fascinating because you're like, what motivates these people? And I think the people from that show. Where they have to like live with this person for ninety days and then and then get married to them or not or whatever happens. I think what they're being motivated by. Some are motivated motivated by green cards. Some by fame. Some actually do like the people they're involved with. So it's actually pretty interesting. But it's with the veil of like this trashiness and like and this voyeuristic like. Uh, um, taking pleasure in like like judging these people on the screen. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, it's why Mari was huge, right? Exactly. Or like, well, that's a perfect example because I, I was we were away at the beach and we were flipping through the online thing, like you know the streaming, and there was a giant ad on the on the streamer on like whatever Roku whatever it was for. I, I've never watched this show, but I've seen clips. Thousand Pound Sisters. Have you I'm, seen this? I'm good. Right. The they're, fact of the matter each a thousand pounds or they're no that's a total I think oh that's not that bad well you're from Pennsylvania that's right um, <laughs> oh come on <laughs> um, but here's the thing about this stop and I'm sure because it's on the same channel as all the other ones I'm sure they're like packaging this as oh yeah and then we we they try they try to help each other and get each other help and this is what it's about and this is what they go through. But in actuality, all you give a shit about is people, the creators of this and the advertisers, is people laughing at these two women that are over 500 pounds. Oh, yeah. They want to see them like fall over a stool and try exactly. to get up. That's the <laughs> only reason, reason why people are watching it. Let me check it out. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But that's what I mean. Like, that's where the shittiness part comes in. But like I said, last night I watched Stranger Things and you're watching it and you're like, this is kind of like reading. <laughs> no. I love how you laughed because you knew I immediately was not co-signing on that. Well, I don't know if you noticed. Each episode says chapter one, chapter two, yeah, chapter three. So if it's not reading, what is it, Ray? Do you know how I know it's not reading? Oh. Because I've watched multiple chapters in a row. <laughs> I can't get through reading one chapter without falling asleep immediately. <laughs> I told you that. I read 10 pages and I fall asleep. You did. And what did you think it was? I think it's, I think it's my body... Shutting down because it doesn't want me to learn. <laughs> Your body's going to safe mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's like. Hey, dude, we've been dumb for thirty two years. What the <laughs> hell are you trying to do to us? Why mess up a good thing? Seriously, asshole. Crime and punishment. <laughs> You're trying to pronounce Russian names in your head. 
Imagine, yeah. You couldn't even spell asphyxiation two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, you pick up a, 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 a you pick up Proust and you have a heart attack. <laughs> Your body just <laughs> revolts against anything intelligent. <laughs> it's I'm like blacking this- out when you're drunk. It's it's like like my brain my brain is just like I, you don't need this. Yeah, we don't, we don't need but to be around. But that really is that, a, that is uh, true. Uh, a, a defense mechanism. Well, you even with even if you look at the books on my shelf in my apartment, it really kind of runs the gamut. You got UFOs. You got a a, a, <laughs> you got a Goodfellas I, I, Can book. we talk about this finally? Sure. <laughs> can we talk about the fact that you have a book, Bulldogs for Dummies? Well, yes. Yes, I do. I, well, you used to. Uh, you know that I had a bulldog. I know that you had a bulldog. Yeah. So did you, it not, was know given take, to, did you not know how to take care of it until you had that bulldog? Here's the thing about bulldogs. There is stuff to, that you need to know about bulldogs. They're, they're different than a lot of the breeds. And I think it was... I have, there's a couple of books up there about bulldogs. But I didn't buy the book. It was given to me by a comic friend of mine, her husband, who had who had a bulldog. I just love the comic. For Dummies books. I didn't think people still ran around with those. Um, yes, I think they do. It's a very popular series. And in actuality, I didn't even read the book. Yeah. Even the even the Bulldogs for Dummies, and it has Dummies in the title, and I still didn't read it. So, yeah. jokes on you. How about that? Yeah, you just need the full Bulldogs for dipshits. I'm a <laughs> little lower than. Is a dipshit dumber than a dummy? I, I need flashcards about Bulldogs for Dummies. That's what I. That's what I need. What'd you say? Is a dipshit that's dumb dumber than a dummy? A dipshit, I think of as different. Than a dummy is like, hey, you're just a full-on dummy. A dipshit is kind of like you're. It's more along the lines of douche, I think. Oh, okay. Dipshit, like look at this dipshit. Like okay. you know when dipshit comes up, parking. Somebody's oh. trying to park and they're screwing it up, or or somebody parks in two spots. Look at this dipshit. That's great. Somebody else could have parked here. Look at this dipshit. Yeah. That was my Ray That's Liotta. A, that was a <laughs> Karen. Why'd you do that, Karen? This dipshit could have <laughs> got me not having to be able to be able to park here. That's Dip- it. That's him when he has a stroke right there. There's there's certain words that go along with certain situations. Dipshit, parking. Look at this dipshit. Or or even driving maybe sometimes. What about is idiot worse than dummy? Idiot's tough. Idiot is is like, idiot. I think idiot. dummy. I don't know if they're on, on the same par or same line. Mm, I don't know. They kind of sound very similar to me. Idiot. I'm trying to think when I go to idiot. You idiot. Like, you idiot is usually the thing. I think dummy can be more playful, though. Uh, yes. Dummy can definitely be more what playful. What are you doing, dummy? Yes, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. But then there's also, what are you, a dummy? Well, it can be loving. And that actually gets me to my... I don't. It's not a, it's not a jerk store moment I have. Okay. But I want to talk about this because it also you can use some of the words. Uh, line. One of my biggest pet peeves. I don't know if you know this. People cutting lines. I despise it. It's the 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 most petty amount of power that you can that you can uh, produce and 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 abuse. And I despise it. And when, especially when you people. There's so many different ways people do it. Some of these people just. I almost respect this more. People will just cut the line with just complete and utter confidence and not even look back. And I even turn around, nothing, whatever it is. Then you have the people that come over, the li- come over to the line and pretend they don't know what a line is, and they're mm. looking around, like they're like, "What? What? I? I?" And they just get kind of like they sidle and they come in on the line on the side, and then when it moves, they could that happened to me this weekend. Somebody cut in on the line, and now when shit happens, I used to get really mad. Now I just sarcastic, sarcastically laugh until they turn around and they see my face. Like it's it's still. 
Very passive aggressive. That's very passive aggressive. Did you do that this weekend? Yes. And the woman turned around and I was like, shaking my head. Shaking my head in disappointment. Like her father. Anyway. I, I, well, her father probably wasn't around if she just willy nilly cutting lines. She never learned. She didn't learn lessons. Don't cut. But no cutters, dude. Another situation happened that's very New York. I was in the Rockaways. Wait, real quick, can I just say this? Yeah. Cutting lines. Do you ever say jip? Jip, but you're not supposed to anymore because it means gypsy. That's racist, apparently. Are you serious? It, jip Against is gypsy. Two. Gypsies. Gypsies aren't real. They're from well, books. no, gypsies, the, the historical connotation of gypsies is not, even though there is more than one group of gypsies in different cultures, you have Irish gypsies. I think it is, I don't know the exact location it's supposed to describe, but it's supposed to be, it's racist. We, I mean, we could just move on. I mean, I'm not saying I do it. I've said Jip recently. It's, it's, it's. I it's, think it's a pretty, pretty tame one compared to what you could say. And it's, and it's also, it's, it's not like you know somebody got murdered and you said, "Wow, oh, he jipped him." No, stabbed him in the throat. Oh, he, that was a real jip. No, no, you wouldn't say that. It's just cutting in line. It's probably what gypsies. No, did. I don't even think cutting in line. It's more like, hey, like, yeah, you, you can even say it to your friend. You ask for some like. Like some gummy bears, and they give you like three, and you're like, "You jip me." Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, but gypsies, I thought was more of like, it is a culture, but I guess it's also related to a certain group of people, so that's why people are like, no, you can't say it. But you have, I always think of it as like, like a band of thieves. I don't even think of it as anything in particular. <laughs> now they're thieves. <laughs> it is. They are thieves. They they run scams. The. You ever see the, the Law and Order Criminal Tent episode about the Irish Gypsies? Yeah, of course out, I saw that. It's out in Broad Channel, like no, towards Rockaways. What? I didn't see that. It's fantastic. It's my favorite Law and Order, by the way. I I, I had a uh, your 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 Rockaway story. Is it about a line? It is about a line, but it's about a very New York thing that happens. Let's hear it. People, they're being nice, but they're being shitty as they're being nice. So, this woman. I was doing the thing where I was coming up to the back of the line at the same time as this woman and her husband. The back of the line to get on the ferry to go home. It's Sunday morning. I was in a good mood. I had enough sleep. I was feeling good. And I go, oh, we were there at the same time. I go, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And she goes, no. And then there was a moment. She was like, no, it's fine. And as she goes, no, 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 no. And she like pulled, pulled her arm out to tell me, no, you go. And her mask went flying into the ocean. Just went flying. And, and she was like, oh, like that. And I'm like, oh. And I go, don't worry. They have them on the boat for you. They hand them out, whatever it is. And I go, well. And as a joke, I'm like, I go, uh, as a joke, I go, ah, well, you went through some. that You went had to go through that. So you, you go ahead. Go ahead. Like that, right? Yeah. So she goes, she gets like mad. And she's like, will you just go already? Just go. Like she got like mad that I just wouldn't go in front of her. And it's a, a New York thing of you're trying to be nice, but you're coming off nasty. She's like, just go already. It's uh, oh. whatever it is. And I kind of understand it to a point, but I'm like, well, no, you go. Now now it's a standoff. Was now, it a standoff? No, they went. They, I, I made certain. No. You asserted your dominance? I asserted my dominance. That's, a, that's good, though. That's good you stood your ground. I did stand my ground. I did what I wanted, but I didn't say anything perfect in the situation. Mm. But I made sure they're the ones that went because I'm like, well, don't be an asshole about it. Like, don't be a complete and utter asshole about it. See, I, I had a line thing happen recently that you just reminded me of, and we are wearing, both wearing black shirts from The Gap. Yeah, we look like we're the... We're the uh, <laughs> we look like stage crew. <laughs> we look like say. stage crew. Oh, a high school musical. play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were the kids 
Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, I couldn't act. Well, 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 just well, just the ones that like would smoke cigarettes that wanted to smoke cigarettes yeah. instead of sing songs. <laughs> the metalheads. <laughs> I had a line thing where I was at the Gap, and it was me and our buddy Colin were there, and they had like it's like real tight, like where the line was, and they had like one of the ropes there, mm-hmm. and there's two registers open. And one person at one register, one person at the other register, and then it's me and Colin. So we're standing a certain way, like on the one side of the of the rope, because this lady had this big stroller, and we didn't want to be in her way, and she was kind of struggling to maneuver. So we're standing there, and one of the girls at the uh, register goes, uh, "Gentlemen, the the line's there on the other side of the rope." I'm like, "We can get to it." From this side. It's like, you know what I mean? Like when yeah. you see like the full, like when the bank has everything roped off and it's this whole maze, but there's nobody in the line. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you would just walk right up to the front. Yeah. It's like sh- she could not take that we were on the opposite side of the line. You weren't queued up properly. We weren't queued up properly, but it was for a specific reason because I wanted to make somebody else's experience of the gap more comfortable because she was <laughs> awkwardly trying to maneuver this stroller. And, th- and, and I said, oh, Okay, yeah, that makes sense. There's nobody else in line. I was like, I'll figure it out. We can figure it out. We'll, we'll get to you. Out. Well, yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not gonna get confused. Imagine, imagine if you got to the middle of the of the the ropes and you were like, How do I get there? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no! You're right. I made a mistake. I should have queued myself up earlier. Well, that's my new thing. I don't know if this is considered passive aggressive, but it's just indirect aggression, where. I don't actually say it to the person because I'm a pussy and I'm not there yet. I just loudly say it around them. Oh, that's very passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. That might be the literal definition. I just, t- just kind of go, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I'll walk around because that makes sense. Is that it? Yeah, that'll do it. That's passive aggressive? Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, whatever, dude. Yeah, what work you? on that therapy. What you, my shrink. Um, how about this? I'll say, is it better for her to do that? What's worse? That woman doing that, where it's like an obvious, we can just walk up, and she's still like, stick to the line. Like yeah. she's like the hall monitor of the line. Or what's worse, you get to the, it usually happens at a lot of food stores. Some supermarkets do it. Drug stores do it sometimes. Actually, you know, drug stores have a lot of one line situations, and then you get, you get dispersed to whatever uh, cashier is free. How about this? Um, you get up there. Some people are going by, it's a multiple line rule, and some people are thinking it's a single line, and everybody's confused, and there's nobody directing the traffic from the place that works there. And they're just ignoring the fact that people are arguing back and forth and thinking people are cutting them, cutting them on, a, on a grand scale. People are getting mad and yelling, and then you have to be the one to explain to them, no, it's multiple lines. Or you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? If somebody's on a one big line, and then you come up with your stuff, and it, and you know it's multiple lines, and then you go to the thing, and they're like, "Hey, hey, line!" And you're like, "It's multiple lines. I just saw somebody else do this." So what do you do in that scenario? Also, somebody from the job, somebody from the place, should be telling them, "Guys, it's multiple lines. Divvy it up." But sometimes but everybody's short staff. You get paid seven bucks an hour. You don't give a shit. I, yeah. I understand it. Yeah. I my thing is, I rarely will ever wait in line. I don't I'm the same way. I hate it. I've walked in places and immediately turned around because I don't like waiting in line. That's the main reason I hate amusement parks. Because you're just standing in line with a bunch of sweaty children. and. Main reason I wouldn't go to clubs. 
yeah, now I'll be walking through the village and I'll see one of those bars on Bleecker where there's a huge line. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? Every bar's the same. Yeah. You're in New York City. There's 4,000 bars. Yeah. More than that. It's like, go find a place. You could find a place that's still to your liking. And like that's not jam-packed with, I don't know, sweaty Jakar-wearing guidos or whatever. I don't even know. Jakar? What's Jakar? I don't even know what Jakar is. It's an old guido. Cologne? Mm. Like Aqua de Gio? Yeah, probably like that. I used to slam some Aqua de Gio. I'm sure you did. Everybody, I used to get laid. Like, <laughs> I used to get laid like once a year. Dude. So, because and of the Aqua de Gio. Afterwards, you would say, was it the Aqua de Gio? And she would say, she's like, no, it was the tequila. <laughs> He's like, no, I, I got drunk enough that, that your belly just looked like a blur. <laughs> you go, was it the Agua de Gio? And she goes, what was your name again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever you say, Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to call an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say, Ryan. Uh, but yeah, I am a polite person for the most part. Um, but I will be very militant if you break down those molecules of our social structure in a blatant way. If you are so blatant, everybody else is following the fact that you think you're above everybody else at the supermarket, at the Dwayne Reed, at the how dare you, sir? We just went through a pandemic. We're all on the same page here. There's there's no reason for you to be coming thinking that you're I don't know uh, uh, local royalty. I don't know what's going on. There is nothing better than when you get somebody cutting a line. And you have, and I don't want to stereotype, but it's the, one of the best people that to have behind you in the line because I don't really want to say something to the jipper. If you have, like, a sassy black woman behind you. Oh, fantastic. It's the best thing. Yeah. When you, when you watch that argument play out in front of you and you agree with the right side. Well, you just have it behind you. You're like, man, I want to say something, but I'm such a pussy. I don't really feel like it. All I'm getting is a candy bar, and this person's really jipping me. And then you just hear, nope, 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 nope. We've been in line here a while. Ma'am, go to the back. We've been in line here a while. Yep. Go to the back. Yeah. Go to the back. Okay. <laughs> Thought she was just gonna get in front of everybody. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a running commentary after it. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. She's like, and and then they'll talk. They'll talk to me. Like I, I remember, I had one like this. This actually happened. I know from experience. And she's talking to me. She's like, "Did you see her face acting like she didn't know that she was cutting in front of all of us? Did you see her face? Like she was shocked." And the lady's only like three behind <laughs> her, so she hears this shit talking. She didn't give a shit. No. There's no way that is, man. Black lady on line confidence. Ooh. Black lady line cutter confronter confidence. I'd kill for it. I think that might be the Mount Rushmore, not Mount Rushmore, the, the Mount Everest, the mountaintop of confidences. Oh, yeah. Well, well they're not going to, they are the sheriffs of the line. They are not letting that shit go down. And, it, and, it's, and I love it because I'm not going to let it happen. And it has. And the lady that was cutting was a little bit like elderly ish. But she knew she was like one of those uppity that's bitches. What, but that's what I'm saying. That happened to Megan at the post office. There's this post office by Megan. It's a tiny one. And there's this lady, and she's probably 70 something. And then she she comes in with a little scam, and she goes, "I just have to ask the man a question. People, old people who use their oldness as a, a crutch or like a social mobility device." Oh, I've seen that flim flam. Be yeah, wrong. I have to ask him a question. 
Megan was at the post office. Everybody's waiting in line. It's already a shit show down there anyway. Yeah. People are cutting. People are, who knows? You can get stabbed at that post office. It's like a tiny little one. It's like a satellite post office. And she's going in to mail something. And this lady goes, I just need to ask. And she's getting in front of the people going, I have to ask this man a question. And then she goes to the front of the place. And she goes, I... Do I need to stand for this? You know, ask some stupid question. <laughs> uh, is this the post office? Okay, I'm already here. I might as well mail my thing. Yep. And then jumps on it. And apparently people were like, ma'am, ma'am. I think they called her on it. And she was like, old, old. That, that's one thing that I love about New York is it happens like that type of situation with everybody turning against that one person will happen probably 50% of the time in Pittsburgh. In New York, it's about 90% hit rate. Yeah. That you're not getting away with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Well, that's what I mean about New York. I think it's like, I think that's what gives New Yorkers the whole um, um, reputation that they're like really rude or whatever. And I'm like, it's not rude. It's like this, it's this, we're not above, nobody's above anybody sentiment. And then we're going to call you on your shit thing. But when you really get down to it, if you get to know most New Yorkers, they're nice enough people. Like I do, I honestly believe that. I think it's a thing where it's like, they're just either, or it's like, hey, I, one thing's to be productive. I'm in a rush to get somewhere. I'm going to call you out on some bullshit in, in our little social structure thing, our little social interactions. But most people, like when they, like even Midwest, like when they, oh, Midwesterners are so nice. But then they, but then I, later on in life, and when I started going on the road to the Midwest, you hear about this thing called Midwest nice, where if, if they don't like, they don't, they're not not insulting people. They're just doing it in a different way. So yeah. they don't like somebody, and she got, the the woman will go, "Oh, bless her heart." And you know she you know had those kids out of wedlock. Bless bless her heart. And what she's saying is, this tramp had these kids out of wedlock. Bless <laughs> her heart. They replaced that with, "Look at this slut having these kids out of wedlock." You know what I'm saying? Like that's worse to me. That's more your sugarcoating thing. You'd ra- you'd rather a spade be called a spade, which I've never understood that saying. Um, I that's also. We're we're really batting a thousand with these old timey racist. Things. Is that racist? Spades an old spade. spades an old racial epithet. Spade a spade. I think it has to do with cards. I don't think it is. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. Is it a but black know, thing? Yes, but I don't know where the saying. I don't know if the saying is racist itself, but I think it has been so misconstrued over the years. People are like, ah, hey, let's just put it in the bag of things we don't say anymore. No, you just didn't I get the memo it all the time. Well, you go home a lot. I, I do. I my <laughs> Spe- speaking speaking of uh, of of going home a lot, a little uh, a little a little Paul's Corner story that came back <sighs> Let's to do me. It. Thank God we have Paul's Corner. Uh, so my dad came to. He's probably, he's probably come to about five comedy shows at this point, and I was I was headlining at the at the Pittsburgh Improv a couple years ago. Congrats! Thank you. It was it was really fun. It was, it was cool for him to be there, and. He uh, he comes out for drinks after with us, and I'm I'm kind of like okay, well I gotta make sure that I'm keeping an eye on him, and making sure that he doesn't say anything to offend anybody. Yeah, or you know he's, you know, just just I'll, I'll keep him under control. We'll keep him at like a five instead of a, of a of a ten. Yeah, but I'm I'm standing <laughs> there cutting his balls up a little bit. Yeah, I had yeah, I had yeah. to neuter him a little bit. But I'm having a conversation with one friend, and I hear him talking to our buddy Seneca. Uh, a comic in Pittsburgh that was on the show, and I'm trying to listen to two conversations at once to make sure my dad isn't embarrassing me or like saying something <laughs> too aggressive. And I just hear this: He goes, "Oh, I've had five dollar whores. <laughs> I've had two hundred dollar whores. I've had, you know, 
$80 whores. <laughs> I've had $76 whores. And why 76 It was all I had. You and your phone, your brother going, code red, code red. (laughs) (laughs) I've had $76 whores. Why? It was all I had. (laughs) He just doubles down on the information on those stories. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, Seneca, what was the first, how did you get here? He just said, hello. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Paul? Yeah, that, that's what it was. I had $87 whores. It was all I had. Anywho, my name's Paul. <laughs> Is that the icebreaker story, dude? <laughs> the opening question, Seneca goes, How about these appetizers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, appetizers are cool, but have you ever got a whore? <laughs> I've had tons of whores. <laughs> oh man, you gotta love Paul. Yeah, he has. He hasn't had one of those in years. A whore. How do you know? Because Backpage doesn't exist anymore. That's the only way he was getting them. No, I, th- I think I think he was getting them at a certain point on the on the Backpage, but then after, yeah, I, I, I think you lose your sex drive once you get. Older. I think you do. Yeah. You yeah, absolutely do. I am. I still have and sex and drive, but I, have, I definitely have less from when I was, from when I was twenty-one. Like it, it's an obvious drop, but it happens gradually. So you, it kind of comes up on you. Like if you think back to things, you're like, oh yeah, okay. You think you're less horny? <sighs> yes, because it was like the, the recharge rate is much faster when you're younger, and it, not less, not. To the, to the lengths that I can get horny, which sounds really creepy, is still about the same. But the I can go a d- day in between and be okay. Like I used to be, I don't know, every day, all the time, 24 hours a day. I'm horny always. <laughs> See, you think that's like part of your DNA, like part of your makeup. Like it's like a, probably, I mean, it's, it's hereditary. You think you're the same as when you were 21? Yeah. Really? Probably worse. Really? Yeah. Probably worse than you're 21. Yes. 21, chemically, you're like, it's, you're a brand new package. You, you, you know, you just you opened it up right away. You got all the parts. I was, you're, a, you're, you're a board game with all the pieces. I was actively <laughs> jerking off since I was like five. Okay. And yeah, some people don't believe that. I believe it. But I... I, I <laughs> <laughs> I do believe it. My dad had the Playboy channel before he had furniture in his apartment. And then yeah, and then you were able, you watched a lot of it. I would I would sit on an orange crate while he was over at the bar cross street and I would just sit there and watch the Playboy channel. There and there it is. That's what it is. Cuz my dad <laughs> for me, the experience with porno as a kid was my dad one time borrowed his friend Bob Lolly's cable box and Bob Lolly was a single guy at the time. And he had Playboy on that, and I, had, I would have to like sneak down at one in the morning and put it on and watch it for ten minutes, and then run up nervous that I was going to get caught. Uh, or we I literally, meant, I thought you meant run upstairs and try to remember everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or we also with my friends, my first also because I'm older than you, my first like uh, encounter with porno was like my friend got somehow got a, a, a Playboy, a copy of Playboy, Best. and that was like the only encounter we had with naked women for like. 
a long time. Like it was, and it was also like it was definitely somebody found it in the woods or something. Like it was like that kind of thing. It's like that old timey. Like the way you found porno in my generation was like those kids in Stand By Me finding that dead body. Like yeah. you just went on a mission to find it, and when you did, it was it like was, a life changing. It was event. like Jumanji. <laughs> Yeah. You, you like see it in the woods and you feel like is that hey is that a titty steve but i will say this i am glad that that was my experience with it like i'm glad i didn't have the internet por- internet porn when i was coming of age <laughs> i nice dude see you m uh i I think that, and, and we may have mentioned this on the podcast, but I'm so drunk always, um, and I forget stuff, is I do think that porn breaks are extremely important. Like, you can't watch too much porn. A hundred percent. Yes. I was, I was in one for a while. I'm back at it a little bit, but I think I'm going to go another one. I, I honestly think that it strengthens your imagination. I think it does wonders for your self-esteem. I think it does wonders for the libido. I think you're right. Yeah, because you're not going at it, going to town. One, if if you're, you know, if you're just having regular sex, just one on one, normal American sex. Uh, it's not a racist. One v one. It's not a little bit racist. It's not. It's an American. Oh, I'm calling a spade a spade. And uh, so <sighs> if you're having okay. one, if you're having one v one sex, it's like it's gonna be great. But if that week. You just watched like six orgy porns, you know, a cuckold porn. You know, you watched. I'm like, like, whoa! Like, we didn't even fucking study for a math test before we did this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you're so yeah. you're so hypersexual that you know the fun stuff. It's it's like we were talking about earlier. That's why desensitizes. Yes. Yeah. That's why we won't quit drinking because a day that you don't drink and you wake up in the morning feeling great and refreshed. You don't ever want to take that for granted by being sober all the time. That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I, I have like, you know, you have a week of not drinking and then you're like, I, I should have try this, this alcohol thing that they're talking about. Like, that's like, yeah, you're like, Hey, maybe I'll have a drink. And that is a novel idea. It must've been about three months since I had a drink. It's two days. I've, I've been really cutting down on, on boozing the last two weeks and I do feel better. But it's fucking boring. Yeah, it is. And um, I think I've had the same feeling. I even, you came and said hello last night to me at my apartment. And my first thought when I texted you. Right here. I said hello right here. Yes. But before you got here, I texted you. I was like, do you want to go for a drink? And you were like, nah. I was like, that's a good idea. It's better not to. It really is better not it to. Is. You know what does it for me that I was worried about that I'm okay with now because I'm like saying it out loud and I, I thought about it and I, is spots. Like I was so used to like doing a spot, having a drink, doing a spot, having a drink. I, before I went away for the weekend, I was doing that and not drinking. And I was like, this is, it's more boring. <laughs> it's yeah. way more boring. What are your, uh, this is, what are your like drinking triggers? I, I, maybe that's not the right word. Like, what's the thing where it like you have like the Pavlovian dog, where oh, I just did a show, I want to have a drink. Yeah, well, that's one of them. Um, Do you have any others? It was. It would. Um, 
Do you know what I, a, you know what a bad one is for me? What's that? Nice weather. Oh yeah, because you're like uh, uh, day drinking, right? When I pop you, outside and it's like beautiful weather out, I'm like, <laughs> you know what this beautiful weather calls for? Somebody's like, oh, sailing or oh, going for a run? No, sitting on a patio and getting shit faced. Yeah. For me to pass out in two yeah. hours and not enjoy half the nice weather. <laughs> Throwing up on a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I, would, I would day drink and it felt like I accomplished something. When I was drinking beer... <laughs> yeah. Hey, what you going to do today? Well, I polished off a six-pack on my porch. <laughs> pretty productive day. I got the cans to prove it. Uh, when I was drinking beer, I had more triggers for beer, like... I'd be on the road, and I would like have a, if I had a big meal, I'd have a, a like a beer with like a Guinness, like a Guinness. Guinness triggers were a, a thing. Like winter time or fall time, Guinness. Oh, forget about it. Like yeah, that that did it for me. And then like that kind of stuff. Like if I had, I'm trying to think of like certain. My birthday always does it. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you know how when you look at your phone, you're like, holy shit, it's Tuesday. Let's go get some Jameson. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's a thing where us saying like, hey, we're bored if we're not drinking is like probably the beginning of an issue. Because I don't think you, I don't think you're an alcoholic. Do you think I'm an alcoholic? What? Do you think I'm an alcoholic? No, I don't think you're an alcoholic. Now you can tell me. No, I don't think you're an alcoholic. I think I might be an alcoholic sometimes. I don't think so. I'll tell you why. Because we're so aware of the issue and we know the problem. Like, here's the thing. I think it's on a spectrum. So I think, yeah, maybe in a certain way we are. And I think it's getting worse. Like, I think I've gotten worse in the past, like, no, year. No, see, I, I think el- there, you could be a self-aware alcoholic. Um, yeah, you're right. But I also think that, I don't know about you. I, maybe you do. I don't drink alone. I don't keep beer at my house. Yeah. But... I have the, oh, I go out, I go to town. Like, it's like that kind of thing. Well, like, like my, my father doesn't drink anymore, but he will, like, I, I think he knows he's an alcoholic, and he will say things like, you know, I had to quit drinking for health reasons, but it's so fucking fun. Like, I didn't quit thinking it wasn't fun. Right. But one of the things that we've realized recently is, like, especially when it comes to the podcast, it comes to comedy, we have all these grand ideas the day before, and they're like, ah, let's go have a drink. And the next day, we're like, let's do none of that. It kills your Like, it kills your... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's... I had to keep reminding myself. Because I went... Pandemic, when I um, first locked down with my buddy, my roommate, Robert, I was doing, like, a six-pack of Modelo a day... And then hanging out with him, playing video games, we were locked down. It was like this thing. And I got to a bad point. And then I, I stopped drinking completely for like months. And I felt fantastic. I did the same thing. So I think it's a matter of getting back on that thing. But it's also a thing where I don't... I'm with you. Like, it is fun. I don't want to stop doing it. You just want to like, you know... It's also not affecting... I've only been at one, ever once that it affect, like, technically work. I had a big audition once. And it was right after I got divorced. And I was drinking... Way too much. And it was the middle of the day, and I went and I got drunk. And then I missed this giant voiceover audition. Oh. And I was like, but here's the thing, the reason why I don't think I have an enormous, enormous problem, because I was like, okay, and I don't think I drank for like a long time. It was like, I think if you were al- full-on alcoholic, You'd I would make another excuse. I'd make another excuse. Yeah. And go, well, I wouldn't have gotten it anyway, and then kept going. I wouldn't have got it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I think there's like, I think the meter is up a little. I think there's an issue. I just think it's more like, I'm bored. I'm probably a little bit depressed about 
Who knows? Whatever. The early pandemic, I peed my futon twice in like a week span. And I was like, all right, yeah, maybe like do something else. Maybe find a different hobby while I'm in solitude. Maybe get a rubber mattress and like like (laughs) like the like the first time it was like, ah man, this shit happens every, you know, couple years. I'll get so drunk that I that I pee. Um like I said before, sometimes on people's belongings, sometimes in a futon. Um and then the next time my sober roommate sees me pulling the sheets off and he's like, what do you, do you wash your sheets again? Didn't you just do that last week? And I was like, I'll talk to you about this later. I'll talk to you about this when I'm ready. This is like a terrible moment. Yeah, I need to come off this a little bit and rebound yeah. before I have to admit to you with the sheets in my hand what happened. Gotta figure some shit out. Well, I gotta be honest. It actually, that'd be a good thing to talk about that relates to the podcast. It's like that's part of the assertiveness is having the confidence to go and take the swing and be productive. Uh, because I've even th- thought about it recently. I have a script that I wrote a couple years ago with a friend of mine and I kind of just like didn't do much with it and reread it recently. I'm like, I sent it to people back in the day and they're like, this is good. And I'm like, they're like, just need to tweak it and do this. And I reread it again. And I'm like, it is good. Um, why aren't I working on this at you all? Let me read it. Oh yeah. I would love to. I'll check it out. Yeah. Let me know. But, but I'm saying like, it's that confidence thing of like being productive, but drinking. And then the next day you're like, ah, that didn't happening. Or like, you know, or, it's such a depressive that you're like, ah, it wouldn't have worked anyway. Or this would have. So that's the problem. That's why it's better not to. Like, how many people do you know in this business that stopped drinking and then just poured all that energy into work? That's what I need to do. That's what I need. Or at least even a little bit. Right. But I think we get on that road of, we're doing this. We got this. Is, this social thing's happening. This, yeah. we, 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 you and me, we just meet down the block and do that. And then it's like, we think it's productive because we're like, it's fun. It's funny. It's comedy. Well, that's it's that, technically comedy. Yeah, it's work. It's part of networking. Oh man, that's that's what me and uh, my buddy Andy were oh, in uh, San Francisco. Dude. We were in San Francisco, and it's like an ongoing joke between us. Uh, and I I think I said it like as an excuse once. He's like, "Damn, dude, he's like, you got so fucked up last night because we were at a comedy festival." And I go, "It was networking." So then we just kept saying, like, hey, dude, let's network some beers. <laughs> and then he was like, hey, dude, we should go try to find a Asian networking place and get jerked off. <laughs> so it was like, it was like any. Every, any degenerate thing you want to do is, it was is just networking. networking. Yeah. You know, dude, I fucking networked 60 bucks on that basketball game. You know, <laughs> any vice is networking. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? You said, the minute you said networking, I was like, oh, dude, I think I still have, like, in my head, because. The, the fact of the matter is, you're not wrong. Back, especially when you first start, going and getting loaded up, or the way it used to be, was like going and getting loaded and hanging out at shows was networking. And I think I, that's probably my favorite part of, of the business. So I think in my head, I'm like, hey, if I keep going with this, I'll keep working. In fairness, <laughs> it's probably why this podcast exists. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that how it came about? I don't know. We were, just ta- we were drinking, talking. Like, well, hey, I think it's should- probably how we became buddies. In it, well, we became buddies. Just being in Astoria, being in Astoria, around. and also I know, I know friends. I knew we knew had we have common friends. Yeah, yeah. And then we and then we would see each other all the time, and then we just hit it off, and then now we're, we're and the rest is rock and roll history. As they absolutely. Say. Well, speaking of networking events, 
you were out of town for one this uh, one recently, and I was gonna go. It was uh, our buddy Andy Fiore's birthday party. Yeah, I wasn't around. And, I, and then people pleaser, I must have texted him fifteen times to be like, "Dude, I tried to ask to. I, I, I want I, you know." <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, it's fine." Like it's one of those things where it's like, not that I'm saying he's like, "Hey," he said. I wrote when I got back. I'm like, "Happy birthday!" Sorry, I missed it. And he was like, "You were missed." And then, and like, it, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, you think. And I don't even think it's an egotistical thing because somebody told me that it might be, but like you just don't want to disappoint people. Oh. And and you're somebody that is like a fun presence. And I think I'm the same where you like people do want you to be places. You do add something to the to the fun, to the party. But it's just like. They're not gonna care. They're not gonna cry themselves much. to sleep. Yeah. They'll be like, ah, it sucks. Donnelly couldn't make it, and then it move on. You know what? Also, for me, really quickly was it was because Andy's always been so good about my birthday. He always comes to my birthday at Patty's. He uh, he full on was there last time with, with bells on, and he's always so supportive that way. He told me pretty last minute about this one. I think he planned it very on the fly, which is yeah. how you probably. A, a middle-aged man like myself should do it, yeah. but I'm like a 16-year-old Instead girl. of you sending an Evite in January. <laughs> save this. I got to save the date. I'm making a sweet 16. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> Vistaprint save the date card. I'm lighting candles for you <laughs> and my friends. I'm going, Andy, I like this candle for you because you bought me a gift once for my birthday, and I love you. Andy, oh, well, you watched me puke in a corner once of a bar. <laughs> I got the car mailed to me, card mailed to me in February. I opened it up, and it was one of those singing ones. It was like, uh, everybody <laughs> have fun tonight. <laughs> everybody. And a bunch of like uh, Irish colored glitter shoots out at me, just green all over my face. <laughs> Wouldn't it be really funny if next year... I did my birthday, and I, it was like a sweet sixteen rules, where like I wear like a sweet like an a tiara. Where I wear a sweet sixteen dress, <laughs> just totally walking around in a tiara and a cute dress. I have it at a catering hall in in Westbury, Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> and then you lock yourself in a room for at least an hour. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, crying. Just 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 being real mean to your mom. <laughs> it's not what I wanted. I, I'm mad because a boy didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> Bert Kreischer didn't come to my Sweet 16. <laughs> well, I was going to go to Fury's I know. Sweet 41 a, or whatever he was. You had a little adventure yourself there. I did. I So I went to, I was, I was like, uh, I, was, I, was like, I, was like I don't know if I'm going to go. I, I had like a little bit of motivation to like want to work on some comedy stuff. And I was like, I don't feel like getting like loaded. So I go up into my apartment and I'm like, all right, I'm going to put on some uh, like shorts you know, comfy shoes, and I'm going to go sit outside the deli for like an hour, right? And then, depending on how I'm feeling then, maybe I'll shoot over, have a drink, say what's up. So I walk out of my apartment, and I'm wearing like my tiniest gym shorts. Like, you know those ones, like the laundry day gym shorts? Cody cutters? Don't they, don't they Coochie, cutters? Co Coochie cutters? Coochie cutters. Coochie cutters. Coochie cutters. Yeah, my little fucking pussy lips were hanging out. <laughs> Uh, oh, so I walk outside in my coochie cutters, my fucking clams just dangling, <laughs> and on. I realize that my so gross. I I realize that I left my keys in my apartment, and I was like, shit, you know. What's your first? Let me ask you this, not to interrupt. What's your first thought? Because I always wonder that. Do you remember what your first thought was? Because people, who, I've done that. Everybody's done that. My first thought was. What time is my roommate going to be getting home? 
So I looked at his Instagram and I saw he was doing the 10 o'clock show at the Grizzly Pair in the Village. So I figured, okay, it's about 940 now. I'll go sit outside. I'll write and he'll probably be home 1130, midnight at the latest. It'll force me to sit outside and write jokes. I'll be productive as hell, right? So it's like 11. And I'm like, what if he's going out for a drink after? Or not a drink. He he doesn't drink. But what if he's going out to hang out? People grab lunch. I was like, I should. Or grab dinner. I should shoot him a text. So I sent him a text. And he's like, damn, my my cousins from out of town are here. I'm going out with them after the show to to grab food at a diner. I'm like, damn. And he's like, would you come to the village and get my key? So I'm like, ah, God. So... Instead of doing that at first, I went into my apartment and I tried to open it with a with a credit card, like, <laughs> like your Axel Foley. Axel Zawadney. But yeah, I couldn't. Beverly Hills caught my way in there. Yeah, and the dog was barking too loud because uh, she heard me trying yeah. to get in. So I was like, ah, I'm not gonna torture her or whatever. So. I leave, I go down to the village in these, like, I'm wearing these tiny little shorts. <laughs> I got tube socks. You're getting catcalled by construction workers on the way home? <laughs> hey, sweetheart, where you going with those shorts? Hey, big boy, I can see you pecking <laughs> through those little shorts. <laughs> so I get down there, it's like 11.50, and my friend Igor's standing outside and goes, hey, we just had a dropout. Do you want to host the midnight at the comedy shop? I was like, do you see how I'm fucking dressed? And he goes, I mean, I don't care if you don't care. Yeah. And then I go, oh, I don't know, man. How many people are there? He's like, 20. I was like, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's give it a shot. So I went there. It ended up being fun, but I felt uncomfortable on stage. It's kind of like your After Hours. The movie After Hours? You ever watch After Hours, the movie? No. Scorsese movie? No. You've never seen it? No. Oh, then I won't say anymore. You have to watch. Of course. Is it streaming? It might be, it might be, but so you went went up and had the set, had to you probably had to comment on the short. Yeah, I made fun of him immediately. Per, that's the best thing you can do. I had to. I was I was like uh, dressed up to see you guys tonight. Cause your friend, I want to ask you that. What camp are you in when it comes to shorts on stage? That was a extenuating circumstances. Correct. But you're in the no camp, right? No, I'm in the kind of never camp. I'm in the never camp as well. Are you? Yeah, but you're not in the never camp now because never would. Never so let, so let's explain it to the okay, audience so that might not know. There's this unspoken thing that's almost becoming antiquated within stand-up um, that a lot of people don't know about, which is you don't for guys, you don't wear shorts on stage. No. For some reason, women, it doesn't really apply to. I think because, I guess if you want to wear a skirt, you wear a skirt. So it's like it's kind of serving the same purpose in a way. It's like you're seeing that much leg. But for guys, shorts, for some reason... Now, some people don't give a shit about this at all. And more, the, what I'm noticing is more and more, like I've seen more and more people don't care about it. But my thought process with it, now granted, I probably would, the fact that you couldn't get back into your place, I probably would have done the same thing as you yeah. with the shorts on at this point. So I would have been like, the, not the never camp, but the almost never camp. But a lot of people will just go out and do, even if it's BS bar show uh, or, 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 um, or open mic sets in the shorts, I've, I've always like, I'll go as to far uh, as far as to bring shorts in a backpack. I mean, pants in a backpack with me and change into it. Me too. Because my thought process is, we work fifteen minutes a night, so the very least you can put on pants. It's dress rehearsal, too. 
And I think it just looks better. It looks more uh, professional. It also it might also be a crutch thing where I'm like, I don't want to be have my legs naked and people looking at my le- my pale legs. Maybe it's that's part of it too. Well, my pale Irish legs while I'm on stage. <laughs> I don't wanna, you don't want to distract. I don't want to get people. Yeah, to get the the light in people's eyes as I'm up there blinding them while I'm up there. Well, you there's also not many jobs if you think about it in the entire world that you can wear shorts where shorts are acceptable. Yes, that's true. And it's only that's if, point. if you're like. A physical trainer, uh, a crocodile hunter, um, even like fishermen wear pants. Yeah, lifeguard, but but they're not even wearing shirts, right? They're usually all oiled up and they yeah. got like great bodies. <laughs> Just, and they do that cool thing where they twirl the, uh, the whistle. whistle. Yeah. <laughs> but can you tell I always wanted to be a lifeguard? <laughs> You become a lifeguard. The guy has to save you. <laughs> yeah. You just see me on there. You're like, that little lifeguard stand is going to crack and break in half. Just me timbering off of the top like, of it. Help, help. You save the guy. Then you're like, help, help. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I think that there's, I, that's actually probably a good thing to t- tell people. We talk a lot about comedy on the podcast. Um, is there other, 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 another rule that sticks out in your brain that like, a go-to that you're like, I never break this or try not to? I have personal ones. Like what? Like, I will never pick on a lone audience member. I'll talk to a lone audience member. I like that one. I think I've done it in my past, but I I think I'm going to co-opt it. I like that one. And I... It's a very, very last, last resort for me to shit on an audience a small audience especially i've i'm at i am at the i i agree with that like like i'll i'll say little jokes like like the easy like cheap jokes of uh, with a small audience be like i love a small audience i i actually i won't perform for more than this my my act is built for five people you know something I'll, like that i'll do the go-to where i'm like this is more of a focus group than a comedy show like that kind of thing but that, that's not that negative but that's not shitting on how many people are here like Wow, it's not like wow, great! I'm performing for three fucking people. Right, right. Last week I was at you know the Mirage. What about this one? This is also a pretty general one that's known around the around the scene, as they call it. <laughs> uh, no shitting on the venue. Mm, interesting. I will. I won't shit on the venue in a vicious way, but I will do some lighthearted sh- shitting. I think playful can work, but I think you're right. Where it's like you know you like, can't like uh, like like uh, I remember one of my favorite like off the cuff jokes I ever had was about a bathroom at a venue that was like everything in the bathroom was pretty much black and it had like all the writing on the walls and like the light kind of was flickering and didn't work. I was like, I love how the bathrooms here are directed by Rob Zombie. <laughs> this is great, <laughs> but like I don't think that that's shitting on the venue. No, I think it's just... A, I think it's just being silly. Yeah, I think it's being silly. I think the idea... I think you're right about the audience size. You're like, good thing I came out for this one, huh? Like, that's that's just insulting the people who showed up. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. never want to punish the ones who came. Well, that was like... I can't even tell this story. And I won't say who it was, but you can kind of guess the archetype within comedy of the, the cautionary tale of the guy who's been in it for 30-plus years. Didn't really work out for him. Kind of local... Guy got more and more bitter as time went on. I don't know him very well, but along the lines of what we're talking about, I was at Stand Up New York. This is years ago, and I was on the show, and I come out, and I see Chris Stefano, 
And uh, DeStefano was like, oh, how, how's the show? I'm like, and it's also I ride that line. And here's a people pleaser thing. And people are going to think we're, I'm nuts for saying this because they're like, who cares? I never, you never, I never want to be pompous where I'm saying some people will use their fun, their fun as a weird coded message of I just killed. Yes. But there is also times when the audience is fun. Like I usually do. I'm like, if I see two comics go up, they killed. I go up, I have a good set and they are fun. They're open to shit. They're open to new, whatever it is. I'll say to somebody else that this is a really, they're a good audience. But Sometimes people are the only one who kill on the show and they go, they're fun. They're fun. It's like, no, why? Because you killed? Shut up. Like, you know, whatever it is. But what are you supposed to say? Um, I fucking killed? No. Uh, I, I was, I, I, if I, I go, oh, I was really happy with that set. That's what I say. Okay. Oh, I was really, really happy with that set. Don't get me wrong. I am a little bit crazy for this line of thinking. Like, you can just say they're fun, whatever. Do whatever you want. But what I'm saying is sometimes... They're not fun, and people come out and go, they're fun, they're fun. And you're like, no, they're not. Just objectively, they're not fun. Like, I haven't even gone up yet and had people say that to me, and I'm like, I can see they're not fun. I, even if you do well. I've had shows where I do well, and I'm like, they're not fun. You know I, what I'm I've had not. that, yes. yeah. So we know it's a thing. Everybody knows when they're fun. There's a weird thing that happens with audiences as a collective group where if they're fun, that means they're open. Like, they're, they're more open. You can see on their faces, their body language. They're open to the moment. They're in it. They're, like, they're with you the whole time. Even if you're bombing the whole time, but they're open to, like, it's on you. It should be on you to do the job. Even if you fuck up and they're open, you're like, they're fun, I just blew. Or, like, they're fun and I killed. I was really happy with that set. Well, because, because there's times where you come off and you do well, but you think to yourself, that was work. That was work, I right. was working up there. Yes. But you know what, though? I say that they're fun when I do well out of insecurity. For the same reason where you're like, because I don't want to say I don't want to say that I killed. I don't want to, you know. I get it. But, okay, so there you go. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't, I'm probably not right then. I'm probably just taking as that as well. It's like a quarterback after he has a great game. Kind of says, you know, the fans were on our side. You know, they were, they were making it loud for the other team. <laughs> now I want you to say that. That's what I want to say. <laughs> you, don't want to sound, you don't want to sound pompous, but say, the fans are on my side. <laughs> fans are really on my side. Oh, now I'm going to start coming off. A lot of Rays Wadney fans in that room tonight, brother. Good luck. Good luck following that, bitch. <laughs> in the face. I'm just going to go completely guy, the Before it goes way. up. Just spit in his face, and it's just a guy that's not even on the show. He's like, I was just hanging out at the bar. Who are you? Or it's the next guy doesn't even ask you, and you're like, yeah. you like that? <laughs> that's one of my favorite stories ever. <laughs> Tim Dillon one time told me a story about how <laughs> this guy, Mo, Mo um, not Mo Rocca, Mo, this guy Mo from Long Island, really fun, really nice guy, funny guy, but he would do a thing where... <laughs> One of my favorite stories. He would go up on stage, and if he got them, like if he started to get them and it was, and it was picking up, he could, he like, he became a different person. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that one time, Tim Dillon watched this guy go up, and he's a very sweet guy, and he's like not doing as well in the, in the, in the beginning. And then it's kind of like some chuckles, maybe a little bit, whatever, like, you know, sympathy laughs. And then one thing, one thing gets them really hard. And he goes, you like that? Just strutting around like he's Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. You like that, huh? How about this? 
I don't know, maybe he bombed the rest of the set. Who knows? But just that one joke that just lit him up <laughs> and brightened, brightened his day. I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm prior at this point. I kind of love that. Oh, it's great. And he's, a, and he's a good dude. But it's so funny. And we all have these like little things, you know? But uh, anyway, so uh, them being open. So you're right. Maybe I'm wrong about the they're fun thing. But I do think there's people who mean they're fun, they're meaning I killed. But but, th- but that is not- what I mean. But I don't want to. I feel like an asshole saying it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I I think I think oh, I think I overthink this stuff completely. I think I think a great uh, jerk store moment that I saw from afar happen in comedy was. I think this is the best crowd work moment I've ever seen in my life <laughs> live, and it was this guy in Pittsburgh, um, older comic Chuck Krieger. He's on stage, and we're at like a VFW, and he's doing a joke or talking about how annoying it is having kids, something like that, kind of complaining about kids. And a guy in the, the audience answers a fairly rhetorical question, and he, he says just real emotionally, I've been raising kids for 25 years, whether it was my kids or my grandkids. And, sir, I could say I didn't complain about it once. I consider it nothing but an honor and a pleasure to be in those kids' lives and have them in mine. And Chuck just takes a beat and goes, suck my dick, dude. (laughs) And it was the hardest I've ever laughed at a comedy show. And, and like, half the audience is dying laughing, like, (laughs) holding their stomachs about to throw up. The other half is kind of, like, feels bad because this dude was getting on his soapbox, thinking he was going to get a round of applause for being a good dad. And he even keeps going, no, no, I wasn't trying to. And Chuck's like, you had your fucking monologue. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. But never, that elevated, that response, that situation elevated the response. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. If he would have just said that on some other thing, some other random answer some guy gave, it would have just been like an easy thing to say with the word dick in it. Yeah. But the fact that he timed it out so perfectly. It was just the best timing and crowd work that I've ever seen. And it was just the perfect juxtaposition between this emotional story where this guy is thinking he's going to get praised for being a great Yeah, boss. yeah. This isn't the Hallmark <laughs> Channel, you yeah. asshole. But it, also, like, the, your reaction was, oh, my God, this is one of the best things I've seen. The room was just on fire. Like I would say more than half were losing it laughing, but there was a small contingency around of him. the audience that around was kind of like, "Ah, oh, Ed, we thought he was gonna pat you on the back," <laughs> which kind of makes it better. I know. Well, we don't have a jerk dash off for this week, but we will we will we will get one for next week for everybody. I th- I think I think a good way to end the show today is to talk about a little people-pleaser moment that happened between the two of us. Yeah, this is good to do. So uh, we just dropped it today, so that'll be two days ago, um, our video of us when we got our spray tans. Yes. Which mine is starting to wear off now, so it's just the regular sunburn that I got from the beach that you all see. And... uh, (laughs) And we get the rough cut of the video... And it's not a very flattering look for me. If you want to, if you want a personal ad for yourself to go to the gym, uh, make a video of yourself getting a spray tan. Yeah, because <laughs> they get every crevice. Like, like, and absolutely, I made them. I felt the same way. Like we had the same conversation. We had this. I was thinking the same thing of how unflattering I looked in it, but I didn't want to bring it up to you. 
Uh, also, I had the moment in the video where I, during the procedure, we went to tanning. During the procedure? <laughs> Tans by Rose. Tanning by Rose. Yes. That's R-O-S-S-E. It's on Astoria Boulevard in, um, in uh, uh, Astoria, New York. Uh, now we're becoming Paul's Boutique, the album. We're just giving out uh, local yeah. plugs for places. Um, anyway, so Tanning by Rose, R-O-S-S-E. Check it out if you want to get a spray tan. To be honest, I went into it. We didn't talk about the pro- you want to talk about the process first before we the talked people- a little bit about it last week. We did talk about it last week. Yeah. Um, I honestly, yeah, I it went better than we thought. It. Anyway, so we get to a point where, where the video comes out. I loved this guy Lex Adams did the video, came out phenomenal. But we had our body issues watching this video. Well, I just it made me sad. How, like, I was like, dude, I was like, I look disgusting. So I'm th- like, I, I have like a whole day where I'm like thinking on it. And I'm like, man, like, I don't want to call Donnelly and tell him like that I don't like, like my issue is purely vanity or insecurity with it. And him be like in his head, like, shit, I love this. I thought that this was going to be like, I thought that this was great. He's like, I didn't care. Like it looked, you know, and me thinking, oh, this is something that gets a million views. I think I would be more like a million people saw my titties than <laughs> be like a million people saw this video. You know, you feel violated. And it was coming fresh off of uh, also us getting some comments about how homophobic I am, <laughs> um, and which I'd like to apologize to the homosexual community. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. And yes, I. So we, we got a couple, you know, just a, additional quick edits. The video, it's it's you barely get to see my tits. Sorry. Uh and and it's great. And, and, it, and it came out really well, but it was that moment where I overthink somebody's reaction so fucking much. And it wasn't like I thought like you were gonna be pissed at me. No. I didn't want to disappoint you. Right. And on top of it, the part that we, I wanted to talk about today is that. I heard your responses to me. I literally was saying to you, dude, do not sweat it. I totally understand. I feel th- I felt the same way. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll get it re-edited. We'll do whatever it is. I felt the same way about my body. I, I like the way the video looks, but I was also very insecure about it. So I'm on the same page as you. But every time you respond, I know you well enough now to know you weren't believing what I was saying <laughs> by any means. The whole time I could tell him, like, he doesn't realize that I'm telling him 100% the actual truth of, like, what I'm thinking. If I had any reservations, it was like, dude, no, we'll, we'll edit it, but no, we're putting it up. Or, like, or, dude, you know. I don't think either of us are Dumb guys. Not at all. But I don't think either of us are extremely intelligent guys. No, but not I think extremely that intelligent. Me and I think you, we're both intelligent. I think we're. I think we're more street smart. Sure, but <laughs> I think me and you play this game of like psychological mental chess sometimes when we're interacting with each other, especially because now it's so meta that we're doing a <laughs> podcast where we talk a lot about people pleasing and interactions. So we're almost looking for the battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so we're just playing this like ah, I don't. What's he thinking? Is he actually being real with me right now, or what's you know? <laughs> but but so let's be completely honest right now. When I was telling, because you remember on the phone call, I was saying, "Hey, don't sweat it, right?" I totally understand. Yeah, I b- I believed you. I, I did oh, you not did believe, believe me. Okay, but, 
But my, See, you're right. And then I was doing those mental gymnastics. The thing that I was dealing with is I appreciated Lex's work and how good of a job he did. So I Same didn't here. want that to go unseen. And it hasn't. It looks great looks on the great. TikTok. Um, and I didn't want, you know, Rose and how great she was to not have us showing her any love um, yes. with her business. So I was dealing with that and at the same time dealing with, uh, who gives a shit, dude? Just just show your little boobies. Uh, uh, yeah, know, it's show, all these different things kind of crashing into each other, trying to deal with it. Well, yeah, and, 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 it's, and it's a thing where, hey, man, if, if you don't like how your titties look, do something about it. Don't just hide them. <laughs> That's how I felt because, like I said, like I had. I've been to the gym every day since I saw that first cut of that video. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? Fat. <laughs> we got ended there. That's a great. That's a great line. All right, well, let's get feel? that out of here. Let's do it. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Please, as always, make sure to subscribe to us on. Okay, now we're just holding hands. To subscribe <laughs> to us on everything. Brand new jerks pod on TikTok, at Raby Killing Them and at Shawnee Time on Instagram. Uh, the YouTube's been popping. Uh, we have some longer form videos. TikTok's been blowing up. So look at us blowing on TikTok. Blowing up. We gained about 600% followers. <laughs> yeah, like we we tend to have 10 times the following that we did since the, the last episode. There's so please make sure to keep checking that out. And uh, thanks, everybody, for commenting. And we always ask this. Uh, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about, we've had some people DM us. Uh, we've had some people, you know, send us emails. So please continue to do that, and we'll talk about it on the show and uh, shout you out. Also, uh, th- when this comes out, the next day I will be taping an hour special at New York Comedy Club on 4th Street in New York City. Uh, you can check my uh, the bio on my Instagram for the ticket link where you can get a deal on tickets. Uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, if you're a fan of mine, uh, Ray is on the show as well. He, he, Ray will be on the show. We'll both be there. Uh, come check out the show. Come support. It's going to be half crowd work, half material. I want to make it a really fun night. We're going to Joey Rose's afterwards to celebrate. That's Joe DeRose's sandwich shop. So, uh, yeah, if you're coming, buy tickets right now. It, it's on a Friday, so the club does well. It might sell out. Get tickets now. Thank you so much for listening, 8 p.m. Guys. and 8 p.m. and 10.30. You'll see on the link. Uh, go to my Instagram. We love you guys. Thank you. Bye.